0: Show you some cards now and I want you to tell me what you see.
1: A couple making love. Two dead sticks.
0: And this one? What do you see here?
1: A man and a woman locked in a
2: passionate embrace. A wittex and a squeegee. Okay, good. Let's try another approach. Welcome to the R and R podcast, the podcast where we take a subject and dissect it until the horse has been flogged beyond recognition. You can find us at uh, the R and R and dash R podcast weebly dot com. That's a mouthful. You can also find us now on iTunes at R and R podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan Chojnaga.
0: I'm Jasmine Shojinaga.
2: And we're going to be dissecting the issue of personality testing, and uh, probably most. Specifically, the Myers-Briggs personality test. There's quite a few of them out there. Hey, Jazz. Hi. How many podcasters does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. Well, according to the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator, uh, the podcaster is what is known as an ENTP, or better known as a visionary. Now, this narcissistic, pretentious know-it-all is too busy visioning things. So they probably ask a building and maintenance person to, uh, Screw in the to change the light
0: it. World. Why are you acting so silly today?
2: Oh, well, Jazz, according to the test, I'm, uh, I am I took one recently and I'm pretty glum. I'm a glummy Gus. You are a glummy Gus. <laughs> well, that's all not changed because I'm breaking out. I'm improving myself. I'm becoming Cosmo Kramer. Uh, now you might as get you might have guessed it by this point that uh, our did I already say that we're doing personality testing? I did, didn't yeah. I? Anyway, uh, joining us today is uh, Bruce Murray uh, from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Bruce Murray is the principal of Bruce Murray Consulting and uh, helping individu- individuals and organizations in transition. He's uh, a teacher of business and human relations at Portland Community College. He's the author of a blog on www.mindtools.com. Uh, a website for enhancing career-related skills. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, Bruce.
1: Glad to be here. My pleasure, Ryan and Jasmine.
2: Okay. Well, personality is is what you do, how you think, how you feel, how that generally manifests in uh, your behavior. Yeah. Um, To give a bit of background for this uh, podcast subject, it was suggested to us by uh, a, uh, a friend of mine, Angela B., we had a conversation about uh um personalities and feeling as if you known someone uh prior to you you meet someone for the first time and you feel like oh i i've met you before i've met someone like you you um you're dead ringer for so and so or you maybe you think gosh that person's like a movie star that i mm. that i know or, or a character on tv or someone in a book um and so we sort of talked about how um, is there any truth to uh, personality types and categorizing people um, according to what they think? Um, even just how they feel, how someone feels to you. Because that's what I think of it is like, how does someone... What's my sort of gut feeling about someone? Yeah, like um, do
0: you get along with a certain type of person? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the personality test? Like... You know, you can have a blood test, you can have a an eye test, you can have a hearing test. What, Like, what's a personality test?
2: It depends on who you ask and who's um, who you're paying.
0: Yeah, that's true. But um, it's normally in the form of like a questionnaire or like a standardized little assessment. Correct. Like a survey. Correct. Kind of thing.
2: Although, um, I think that we should distinguish between uh, probably more popular personality tests. Things that you've probably taken for a job. Um, something that you might have just seen in, in, in passing versus a personality, personality test administered by um, a psychologist or a, uh, a psychiatrist. For now diagnostic this, purposes. For diagnostic. Yeah. And, and usually, um, uh, we'll, we'll make the distinction. We're going to talk about popular personality tests, things that are not necessarily used for, um, for clinical purposes.
0: Yeah, well, that's what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about correct the tests they use for clinical yeah. purposes. When do they first sort of start? Coming about?
2: I don't know. When did they first start coming about?
0: <laughs> In the 1920s? The 1920s, eh? Yeah. Oh, I
2: guess uh, Carl Jung um, was sort of the godfather of personality, yeah, if you will.
0: Car- Carl Jung, yeah. Is it Jung?
2: It's Jung. Jung. He, he was German. Jung.
0: Oh, okay. Carl Jung. Rightio. Carl Jung.
1: In the States, they came out. The MBTI came out and got hugely popular right after it was made illegal to put job applicants on a uh, li- a lie detector.
0: A lie detector. So they used to wire them
1: up and, and give them a lie detector, and then that was made illegal. So it was like, how in the hell are we going to find out about people? Well, let's try this personality test.
0: Yeah, I think it was like it was a lot for the for the army, wasn't it? Like for selecting personnel for the army?
2: I have no idea. I
0: think it, I think it, I think like, you know, with the lie detector test thing, I think when they made that illegal, it was a re- like they were sort of using it for more like for the army, right? I think. Huh.
1: Yeah, they tried that in the, uh, let me see which one. It was tried in the, in the US army and they threw it out. Oh yeah, um, but it might not. But it might not have been Myers Briggs. It might have been a different. No, one. No,
0: I think it was a different one. It wasn't because Myers Briggs was kind of later, nineteen twenties, wasn't it? Twenty eight or something like that. Nineteen twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. But in huh. the early nineteen twenties, when they first started kind of exploring personality tests for recruitment purposes, the I mean... army.
2: Well, and Myers Briggs didn't. They didn't really. It didn't take off until the seventies and eighties. Yeah, became popular. Yeah, but, it it popular. Can, yeah. but uh, you know, to weigh in on that, I think that. um uh they in, they employ some kind of personality testing within the military for base for various uh reasons i know that for example i've known someone who was tested uh probably more in a clinical sense so more of a psychologically um evidence based psychologically proven uh oh. test to uh, well in this instance it was to determine whether or not um they got security clearance for for various things Um, So it's, it's, it's to determine whether or not they're suitable, suitable and a potential risk to determine the risk factor of, of allowing them this, uh, this clearance.
0: So aside from, um, job interviewing, uh, and like selection of personnel for armed forces, what else do they use them for?
2: Well, again, going on the clinical (laughs) side of things, they use them basically to determine, uh, what they have, what someone has, because the clinical, um, what do you
0: mean what someone has?
2: Well, it, neuroses, right, yeah. um, various personality disorders, et cetera. Yeah. So, and then to determine therapy and plans of action for them. Um,
0: let's focus more on your questionnaires. What do you use those for? So for assessing psychological theory. So actually your mum would be an interesting person to get her opinion on that. At some point, so if N uh, wants to make any comments on our website, then she can go in there and and make some comments after we post the podcast, maybe. Okay. Yeah.
1: She hasn't spent much time on personality testing stuff. No. Yeah. What nah, about personality? Nah.
0: Like, um, you know, what things like qualitative analysis of like personality traits and things like that. Yeah.
1: Really. Yeah, I don't think she spent a ton of time on it. Mm, okay. But hey, I mean, as a psychology major, she obviously did spend. I just looked at Myers Briggs. Yeah, in all of my psychology books, it's never mentioned.
2: It's never mentioned oh. in any yeah. of the yeah. Well, uh, textbooks. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to talk about a bit later on. Yeah, it's huh? they so. wouldn't
1: give.
0: They weren't paid. They weren't paid. Myers-Briggs.
2: I textbooks books to have the Myers-Briggs, te- you know, mentioned. Uh, I was never...
1: Did you study much of personality theory?
2: Enough, yes. Oh, ah, okay. Yes. Okay. But it's not in any of my behavioral sciences or sociology uh-huh. or psychology books. I just went in. Mm. It's not been mentioned.
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
2: You know, in the... Um, subjective uh, reference and hmm. and uh, index. Yeah. No?
0: Hmm. They actually also use them for team builds at companies. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that like the don't Johari and Nohari might have been used for?
1: The, I don't know what specifically Johari and Nohari were used for. Oh, um, I can't get that. It's a nice compliment to the MBTA, I think. You know, because uh, yeah, my and, and my experience with the MBTI is strictly limited to uh, employment stuff, and um, you know, use as a screener of uh, for candidates, and then use as um, oh, as you know, team selection, career planning, that kind of stuff. Um, mm. didn't did not use it as a team building exercise, but it would be very useful there
2: as well. I think, yeah, mm.
0: yeah. yeah. So we took it, didn't we? We did. <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, uh, what we're we doing, Jahari Nahari. We're we doing Myers Briggs.
2: Let's do the Jahari Nahari first.
0: All right. Well, do you want to do you want to talk a bit about what Jahari Nahari is?
2: Jahari Nahari, so far as I know. Actually, I think, Bruce, the official one is the Jahari window. That's sort yeah. of what was initially developed. Yeah. Uh, the the Jahari window is um, a list of 56 adjectives that you use and other people use to describe who you are, what your personality is like. So they're adjectives like um, glum. <laughs> like glum. Uh,
0: Bruce, where did they get the adjectives from? Do you know?
1: Uh no, hmm. no. The only exposure I have to it is that uh, uh, the Kevan site on it, and uh, you know I had read some stuff about it, and that looked really consistent with what I saw. No, that's not the only exposure I had with it. Um, when I first went back to school, um, I had a teacher gave me that. And and we went to a real website with it. And then a couple of years later, I got on that Kev van and, man, the adjectives just seemed very much like the ones that I was familiar with.
2: So, Bruce, um, why don't you then give us a bit more of a picture of the Jahari Nahari windows. Um, spell it out a bit more for us, please.
1: A Johari window is you know, invites people that you know to describe what they find about you what characteristics apply to a given person
0: yeah and they choose from a set of provided and, character traits yeah.
1: yeah and and it's you know which is why i like it because not just myers briggs but all these other assessment tools that are out there and i've done like 5 or 6 different kinds all of them are on the basis of what a person says about themselves.
0: Yeah, which is well, not reliable, right? We know it,
1: that. It, well, it, it's obviously biased. It, at, you know, at the very least, it's biased. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about Johari is that it involves other people. Yeah. And so it's a different perspective to things yeah. that can then be used to either validate what the person themselves says about themselves or expose some things that the person is either consciously not disclosing about themselves or is unaware about about that aspect of themselves in the first place.
0: Yeah, that's the most so, interesting part, right? Because we took it. We all took it, all three of us, Yeah. in, in the yeah, last couple yeah. of weeks. And thanks to uh-huh. everyone who like wrote and gave us some feedback on what type of people we are because we needed that to be able to do the test. Apparently,
2: the I'm organized and glum.
0: Ryan's glum. Well, you don't know because I haven't revealed your results to you yet. I have results right here on a piece of paper. Would you like me to tell you what they are? You
2: called me glum.
0: <laughs> you are glum. But these are the things that, these are just a few of the things that lots of people said about you that you also said about yourself. Okay. I'll just go, th- I'm not going to go through this whole list. I'm just going to talk about some of the stuff that you agreed upon. Some of the stuff you maybe don't know about and what you're hiding about yourself. Right? Um, Logical, wise. Don't know about that. Kind, sensible. I agree with all of those. Um, Cynical, unimaginative. (laughs) Suck on that. Aloof were the things that you said about yourself that other people also agreed are aspects of your personality. Um, Things that other people said about you. You're sentimental. You're friendly. You can be silly, which we saw earlier in the podcast.
2: Sentimental. Oh,
0: (laughs) um but glum glum was something that came up about you hostile um inflexible <laughs> withdrawn um all those types of adjectives are coming up for you you don't use those to describe yourself but i thought that the really two that there's two things about you that you didn't describe that no one else used to describe you and one of them and it was and it was violent violent was the thing that you described yourself as that no one else used yeah yeah So I found that super interesting.
2: Well, I basically said that I was violent in not uh, outwardly violent, but more just to be uh, inappropriate oftentimes to the situation and inappropriately uh, either met with hostility um, or extreme frustration. Yeah. You know, to the point where, like, for example, um, I'll hit things, basically. Yeah. So jazz, uh, people found you, and you found yourself, to be primarily friendly and independent, uh, overwhelmingly loud,
0: loud, yeah, uh,
2: impatient, <laughs> <laughs> overdramatic, and rash. Other ones, uh, you thought yourself as, uh, or giving, organized, and responsive. I generally agree with those.
0: I thought I was organized. So what, no one else thought I was organized? Apparently not. Huh. That's like the word that describes me.
2: <laughs> the things that people thought of you that you did not think of yourself were uh, intelligent, uh, trustworthy, confident, idealistic. I thought. I think you're idealistic. Yeah, I am idealistic. Um, on an, in a negative way, uh, or at least in the you nohari know, negative way, you, people found you boastful and selfish.
0: Selfish. Okay, I'm boastful. I am boastful.
2: Uh, things that you thought of yourself that no one else thought of were happy, foolish, and insensitive. Hmm. Um, and then there were a whole host of, uh, of the remaining adjectives that... Um...
0: See, I guess they're like, you... You know, I don't think anyone would disagree with... Happy you know what I mean? Like, it's not things that I try to hide from someone. It just happens to be something no one else picked.
2: The thing about this is that you're only allowed, well, at least according to the rules, you're only allowed to pick six. Yeah. Up to six. Yeah. You might have, you might think that you are more than six, um, as per, and, and at varying degrees of these adjectives as well. So it's not, you know, I think you're trying to pick the, um, the six closest or six things that you rank highest in the six highest um, Mm. adjectives. So yeah, whether or not it's uh, like you said, I think that it's, it's cool and it's interesting in that um, it is one of those that you, you have to solicit other people's opinions. And usually when, um, when you do that, you learn things about yourself. Yeah. Uh, And at least, you know, like, like I said, people think I'm glum. So F you people. I'm not effing glum. <laughs> but you you know can what? stick it. Up. This
0: is what one of my points were, right? It allows for self-improvement. Indeed. Whereas the Myers-Briggs is kind of just, this is you. And like Bruce, I think you were saying yesterday about how it's kind of, it's kind of positive and almost like, let's all be feeding narcissists. Yay. And yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. But I think, Yes. And I think I think that's
2: yeah. one of the reasons that it is so popular. I think that, like, uh, we, we'll talk a bit briefly about some other tests, but the one reason it's so popular is that it doesn't tell you anything necessarily bad about yourself. Yeah. You know, okay, yeah. well, you may be introverted, but that's not necessarily a negative thing. It just means you don't like to socialize as much as the extrovert or... or yeah. Uh, yeah, so sure. um, when... And I'd like to contrast this, too, in light of uh, the clinical... Uh, personality tests, which are probably overwhelmingly negative, because you're trying to identify personality uh, disorders. Exactly, and, yeah. and and you know, and why those you know those are those are for real self improvement if you believe in that. Um, whereas these are just kind of like you know, let's all let's all be happy. Yeah, let's all feel mm-hmm. self affirmed.
0: Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Bruce yeah. was the one that introduced us to Johari Nohari. So, is that our son?
1: Yes. Well, uh, yeah. Again, the thing that I like about that is getting the outside opinion, whereas everything else is strictly a self-assessment. And the uh, other, a, a cool thing to do with Johari, if if you have a way of making it happen is to invite people who know you fairly well of course but also those who don't know you very well and and get a hit on on the sort of first, first impressions. impressions yeah yeah that, that you make because i think uh, you know many of us don't really you know we don't have any idea how we strike people on a on a first impression
2: and now a word from our sponsor Are you sick and tired of U.S. presidents putting words in your mouth, especially presidents that weren't even born in the United States? And especially, especially when it comes to dealing with those presidents' terrorist buddies in the Middle East that may threaten the status quo of Israel's apartheid-like arrangements? Well, the Tom Cotton Contracts Documents and Forms has it all for you. Smack down extremist presidents with one stroke of the pen and get your Senate buddies to sign on. These forms and letters are packed to the raptors with condescending and inflammatory language guaranteed to undermine any international negotiations that threaten your financial and political ties. The Tom Cotton contracts, documents, and forms carry about as much weight as any presidential executive agreement or order. Act now and you'll receive the Tom Cotton presidential invitation with foreign leaders' names already engraved in gold on the letterhead. And for this truly low, low price, we'll also throw in the complimentary Tom Cotton thank you for those mafia-sized campaign donations. Find out more about these amazing deals at www.iamnetanyahusbitch.com and start your rabble-rousing today! Alright, well, moving on. Um, let's talk about the Myers-Briggs type indicator. It's a personality test that's used, um, used worldwide. Um, it's used by a myriad of companies. Uh, government agencies and universities to assess personality for, for various reasons. Uh, Bruce, why don't you give us a bit of rundown on the application and, well, the, the, the structure and um, content and use of the test.
1: Okay, so the, my personality type indicator finds four different types of people. Yeah, uh, or a contrast between two different uh, you know, two different types you know, along four different lines, uh, and you know easiest and and to understand, of course, is that a person is extroverted or introverted.
0: So that's the E or the I at the
1: start that's, of the. That's that's the E. Or the I. The, the second category is the options are intuitive or sensing <clears throat> you know it's about how one you know, how they perceive right the, the third designation is between thinking and feeling and that's how people make decisions yeah and the uh, fourth element, is a lifestyle choice that they they describe it as lifestyle of either judgment or perception. where those preferring the judgment style like to they prefer to have matters matters settled. They like to make judgments, and those favoring the perception, they like to keep decisions open as long as possible. Again to wrap up, E and I, extroverted or introverted. Yeah. N or S, N being intuitive, it can't use the I because introverted already used it. Yep, right, So here. N for intuitive, S for sensing, T for thinking, or F for feeling, J for judging, and P for perception.
0: Right, that clears it up yeah. for me. Thanks for the yeah. explanation, because I was wondering what the N thing was. I was like, well... Why aren't they saying S or I there? But yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Nice. So Bruce, yeah. you've taken the test, right?
1: So I took it not at not in the at the formal Myers Briggs website. Oh, okay. Where so I it wasn't invented. administered.
2: It wasn't administered by one of their um, acolytes, if you will. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, you
0: got to pay for that.
2: Well, I know, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. administered in any kind of formal setting, like a job. You know, it, yeah. Because companies will use this as some metric for. Uh, for whatever, improving, you know, communication for, you know, building morale, yada, yada. Yeah. So, Bruce, again, I, I as the as an ENTP, which is an extroverted, uh, intuitive. Three out of four right. You got three out of four, right. Or you could possibly actually I took this test for you. And I think okay. there were <laughs> I think yeah. there, there were probably eight different possible personalities that you wow. could fit into. So, uh, okay. whether, you know, whether I took the test right not. Uh, for you, yeah. I don't know. But uh, you could have been an INFJ. These are the ones that I, I picked for you um, based on just even looking at, like, who who, who tends to, what kind of uh, professions these ones undertake or, um, uh, you know. Here, here's here's the, my interesting feedback
1: to that. Between the two that you just mentioned, you got it right. The first one was three quarters right. The second one was only one quarter right. But add those two quarters together and you got got 100%. Uh, so I am extroverted.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: Intuitive, yeah. thinking, and judging. Yeah. Mm. So I am an ENTJ, which extroverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging, which is given the name of field marshal. So I am George Patton. I am the field <laughs> marshal.
2: So uh, any guesses and, to mine?
1: And uh, that, by the way, is only 1.8% of the population is ENTJ. 1.8. 1. 1.8. 1. 8. Now, yeah. I guessed Ryan to be an INTJ.
2: So, so an introvert? Yes, I am an N- INTJ or an ISTJ. Or I took the test a couple of days later and got something completely different yeah I think so, you're
0: definitely an I though you're I am uh, well
2: I, if I if I didn't even take the test I would probably say that one of those two that I just said I would fit into yeah mm. um, without having to take yeah. the test I think you, you can I think you can take I don't think you actually have to take the test to be able to determine what kind of personality you are according to Myers-Briggs um, indicator, indicator mm. type if you will so what's jazz well, and,
1: and so is jazz.
2: No, no. no what, what is am, jazz? What
0: do you think I am?
1: Oh, okay. I guess Jasmine. And by the way, Ryan, you just touched on one of the big criticisms of Myers Briggs. Yep. Yeah. If the thing were, if the thing were were correct and accurate, <laughs> then it would be repeatable. Yeah. But instead, you can take it a couple of days later and come up with a totally different exactly. personality.
2: Zero
0: so, reliability. a well, Personality
1: change in a week? Yeah, you know, I
2: don't think so. There's other criticisms yeah. too. I read a really yeah, good article yeah. on it that, that uh, okay. it's it's not okay.
0: Although, if you met Ryan, he is a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde. So he might have just been in a, in a different Ryan mood that
2: day. That's right.
1: I, when I got, you know, when I went through it and selected the NITJ, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident in that. And it was great to hear you, you know, verify (laughs) that 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 was the first one you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jasmine, you ready for yours.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I guessed you to be an ESTP.
0: No, I'm not an ESTP.
1: No? <laughs> okay. No,
0: I'm not uh, a jockey. <laughs> Um I am an ENFJ. Extrovert. Okay.
1: Yeah. Censor. So that was the only part I got right, was the extrovert yeah. part. Okay. Extrovert, sensor,
0: yeah. huh. feeling, judging.
1: No, that, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, one of the other critiques of Myers-Briggs is that they set these things up so that you know as eight different types as opposed to a, as to four different spectrums and mm. i don't i i don't like the criticism of that extroverted and introverted sure sound like a spectrum to me as opposed to one or the other <laughs> And uh, and then the complaint is, well, there's no bell shaped curve with with any any of these.
0: Well, you're not on a continuum, right? Like everyone's got a little bit of introversion and a little bit of extroversion, and whether you've got more one or less of the other is fine, but it's still there. So it's basically
1: what I thought when I took mine. You know, I told you, you know, I'm an E for extroverted. I scored out of a possible seventy, you know, out of a possible seventy-five points of extroversion. I scored one. In other words, I am right at the brink of extrovert introvert.
0: Yeah, right. So you're just a mixture of both, and it's it's situational, right? Like it depends on what what type of situation it is. Because I'm quite out there, but I can be introverted depending on what the situation is.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah yeah as I think we all can yeah as my numbers go along oddly enough they the numbers get stronger and stronger for example at the J and Ryan you thought that I was a uh, p. Uh, you thought that I was a p for perception rather than a j for judging but in I 67 in judging I'm almost completely judgmental as opposed to perception
2: oriented Mm -hmm. that's weird I would still say that and this may be one of the things that maybe it's my lack of understanding of of what the uh, what the criteria what the criteria are or even what the definition of those things are I mean even if I've read them a couple of times and they don't they don't make 100% sense to me um, yeah. Yeah. So I would like to chime in uh, one more criticism, and I thought that this was actually pretty, um, pretty significant in terms of Myers Briggs, uh, is that these are these spectrums, if you will, whether you want to look at it as a, as a binary system or as a spectrum, doesn't really matter. It, it the Myers Briggs makes the assumption that these are uh, um, exclusive of one another. That feeling and thinking can't that you that you do one or the other exclusively um, in making your decisions for you know Uh uh, when in fact that's not true at all. Like you could you could at the same time, um, and it has been demonstrated that you know people have done research basically that people who uh, are better thinkers tend to be better um, have more emotional control and regulation and management, um, and therefore tend to make generally better decisions overall. Um, you know, and, and, and use their emotions within their decision-making process as well. Um, mm-hmm. so that...
0: there, there are so many controversies with this test. It's not even funny, which is kind of why it's so interesting <laughs> that 2 million people a year take that test and pay yep. for it. So can you imagine how much money they're making $20 million a year? Yeah.
2: Uh, the, yep. this, the numbers that I have on that are 10,000 companies in yep. the, in the U S uh, uh-huh. 2,500 universities um, and about a 250 um, government agencies use it for for one or more purposes. Mm. Um, yeah, it's used by 89 of the of the uh, 100 Forbes 100 companies.
1: Right, right, and all kinds of competition has come down the pike subsequently, but nobody can quite chip into their market.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so So what's him. another like Hold on. I I just wanted to finish on that. One sort of this is probably the most damning piece of evidence against the Myers Briggs and then we can move on. But uh um the board of the Myers Briggs company CPP is made up of um, um amongst other things three uh prominent psychologists. The chairman is a psychologist who uh you know, he's authored More than 100, 150 um, research articles, none of which even mention Myers-Briggs personality indicator, mentioned at all in any of his uh, um, peer-reviewed journal articles. Um, And he he said that, um, I didn't use it in any of my research because it would be questioned by my academic colleagues.
0: So there's Uh no reliability or validity to it whatsoever.
2: So anyway, I could, uh, that's enough hammering on the Myers-Briggs because, um, I, look, I think to get my two cents in, uh, in my opinion, like, look, it's it's interesting, it's, it's um, engaging, uh, but it really mm-hmm. only focuses on, you know, positivity and I'm this and this and this, and it puts like sort of an easy label on something that's actually quite complex. And, um, you know, oh, this was another knock about it as well. Um, there was no evidence to suggest that people who were, uh, say, any particular personality type who were then uh, to be shooed into particular jobs found uh, success or satisfaction within those jobs if they did take, undertake them. Mm-hmm. So it was it was like there was no link between the, the...
0: So what do you think about that, Bruce, as a HR person?
1: As an HR person, I think it's generally very useless
0: for yeah. the reasons
1: you you just stated yeah I, you know my, my two big criti- three big criticisms of it are first it's not reliable my second critique of it is that they make some effort to mask the characteristic they're looking for in their questioning but they don't mask it very well mm. it's real obvious when you take the the survey, which which, which is in my want. best interest for me in this job application. Exactly. So it's you know, expert. Hmm. Okay. So very, very manipulative, hmm. extremely manipulative. And then, and fourthly, it's, you know, as Ryan just stated, it's not predictive of success at all. Hmm. So as an employment tool, you know, I found it completely useless.
0: the housewives of Australia need to understand as they do
2: the ironing. I think that uh, the climate change science uh, uh, is far from, from, from settled. The, the fact that uh, uh, well, we, so we, we, we have had a, a well-reliable over the last decade. A ratio of debt to GDP at about 50 or 60 per cent is a pretty good result. Earlier in question
0: time, the Treasurer confirmed that a debt... ...level of 50 to 60% of GDP
1: would see Australia lose its AAA credit ratings. Does the Prime Minister stand by his statement that such a level would be a pretty good result? Madam
0: Speaker, I never said that. I never said that. I could comment on that, but let's just take a moment to reflect on the stupidity of it.
1: I mean, if Tony Abbott ends up the Prime Minister of Australia, I mean, you've got to say, God help us.
0: Ryan asked me to have a look at this um this other type of personality test that he came across. Um I don't know if you've heard of it Bruce, it's called the five factor model. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought yep. was actually pretty interesting and the reason Ryan asked me to look at it was because it was it has um it's evidence based and the method that they that they've used to design this model for personality testing was um by looking at language, so it was like a lexical study okay yeah so they what 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 they did was um, they analyzed English um, and they pulled they ended up being able to pull out like four and a half thousand um, personality descriptors like personality traits from the language, which I thought was super interesting because language is a huge part of culture and norm, like we would, we would expect that we would have all those personality traits covered in the language, in the dictionary. Uh And then they did a bit of a qualitative analysis and they narrowed them down into categories and they found sort of five basic factors that were evident across all studies, all personality, um, uh, you know, psychological or psychology studies on that had been done on personality, uh-huh. Um before.
2: Bruce right now is wrestling with a cat.
0: <laughs> um ne- and
2: the personality tests of this cat come back as needy. <laughs> Affectionate.
0: Physical. Um anyway, they so they found these five basic factors and then they ended up like doing a meta analysis across uh, like a bunch of studies in English and they've pulled out um, they were able to to fit all of the traits that these studies had come up with into those five categories as well.
1: Yeah. So yeah. What, what I think, the five, and what are the five categories?
0: Um, all, uh, so extroversion. So that uh-huh. was one that extraversion. Extraversion, like, but it's a continuum. So you rate across how extroverted are you? And you might be at the end at zero, right. but you're not extroverted at all. Um, uh-huh. Agreeableness. So that's like, you know, are you nurturing, caring, you know, do you yep. emotionally support others? And then like at the other end of that spectrum, you'd have like hostility and indifference. And so this is all, it goes across a continuum, which I like as well. Um, another one is conscientiousness. So what, you know, basically our executive functioning, like what hap- what do we use to control our emotions? Like what's the... Um, you know, it holds impulsive behavior in in check kind of thing. Neuro- uh-huh. Neuroticism. So that's, you know, how do we experience distress? And, and what are the behaviors that we sort of display when we are distressed? And openness to experiences. So are you closed to new experiences or are you open to them?
1: Uh-huh.
0: So, yeah. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I took uh, yeah, I've never done one of those, but I did one a a British study ca- assessment called the um, the facet five. Oh uh, yeah and it it has five uh, characteristics, yeah, you know which are will, that is determination. Mm-hmm. Uh, confrontation of willingness to confront issues when they occur and, ind- and the, uh, uh, an independence spirit, a willingness to go one's own way. Mm-hmm. The, s- the second attribute is energy, vitality, sociability, adaptability. The third one is affection, which is altruism, support, trying to be understanding, and trust.
0: Yeah, that sounds like agreeableness in this one, yeah.
1: Yep. Fourth one is control, discipline, sense of responsibility. And the last one is emotionality, which is tension, apprehension, you know, sounds like the neuroticism factor. Yeah. So, you know, I I think it was kind of played off of that. Yeah. Uh, I scored extremely high in the affection area and the and the my lowest score was in the
2: will factor
1: but uh you're just a you limp
2: know. a limp piece of broccoli
1: <laughs> i guess bruce was that, that
2: uh, was that um evidence based was there
1: uh oh yeah i'm you know well i've not read critiques of it so i guess the only did you know, it I, did I, it I,
2: originate in so, academia
1: um
0: I think it I think it's the same thing Bruce. I think it because there was there was um it this was like there were studies that were the same in German, Japanese and Chinese. So maybe the translations just varied a bit.
2: But it was it was English, wasn't it? It was from the UK.
0: Well, the one that I read was, but they said there's No, edits.
2: but I'm asking Bruce his
1: No, he said
0: he yeah. did Oh, I thought you said it was German. Right. No, no. Oh, British. UK. British. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I mean I to to talk about sort of why those, these personality tests, I mean, why these personality tests haven't gained any traction. Um, I think they're a bit more um, recent. Uh, For one thing, the Myers-Briggs, like you said, has been around for a long long time. Um, And then it's negativity, or at least it's perceived negativity, uh, or lack of, or I don't know, not lack of positivity. But then the last one is, is that because, these belong to uh, research and academic purposes. They tend uh-huh. to not have the same kind of. Uh, uh, you don't get this. It's basically like open source versus proprietary software, you know, which is a big thing. Like a lot of yeah. academics, they like to make things open because it's it's open to the uh, to the public, which means that there could be any kind of permutation off of it. Whereas Myers Briggs is strictly controlled. Yeah. The, the yeah. Uh, Catherine Myers, I can or Catherine Briggs. Yeah. She was so controlling over uh, how this was, uh, the structure of it and how it was uh, presented and everything. And, and the company now, CPP, uh, does the same thing, basically. Mm. So there's right.
0: no... <clears throat> but that's the thing. That's what makes it even less evidence-based because she's unwilling to have it evolve not only as language right. evolves but as personalities evolve and as you know the world around us evolve, evolves. And so there's like there's a complete reluctance to change it right. um, based on anything. So like there's not even any trial that gets that gets done. And then oh right. maybe we need to alter this and that. Like yeah it's it's basically closed off. Right. And so right. final verdict, Bruce. What's your opinion of personality testing?
1: Know thyself, Socrates urges. But when when we think about it. We realize that we have a distinct personality, but in the heat of the moment, we usually just presume that others observe and react to things in the same way that we do. And as such, personality testing is an admirable way to explore the extent to which we have both mainstream and outlier traits. And understanding those will help us relate better to others, understand ourselves and relate better to others. Dr. Alex Lickerman in Psychology Today writes that research has shown us that personality traits are determined largely by heredity and are mostly immutable. You grasp this from meeting your son Everton. He came into this world with a distinct personality. While he grows and matures, you see that the core of his personality has remained consistent and will throughout his life. Personality is easy to read. We're all experts at it. We judge people funny, extroverted, energetic, optimistic, confident, as well as overly serious, lazy, negative, shy, if not upon first meeting them, shortly thereafter. But personality can be easily masked. And we do this to be as effective as we can possibly be. We see this in Myers-Briggs and other job candidate assessment tools the test takers can easily deduce the profile outcomes that their responses will achieve. And that, again, is one of the nice things about the Johari window in soliciting the observations of others, which can be much more objective and reliable than self-evaluation. Mm. But a far more revelatory aspect of a person's essence is that person's character, not their personality. Unlike personality, however, character takes far longer to puzzle out traits that reveal themselves only in specific and often uncommon circumstances. Traits like, how honest will this person be? How virtuous to others, even when it might not be in one's best interest to be so. But these character traits, which are so often moral in, in, in nature... Those character traits are often shaped by family, culture, religion, and other external influences, not like the internal hereditary personality things. Right. So they're shaped by these external influences, but ultimately they come down to conscious decisions of what one chooses to believe and embody. Now, a danger is that we all have an uncanny predilection for observing attractive personality traits and manufacturing out of them the presence of positive character traits. That is, if someone's outgoing and confident and fun, we're more likely to think they're honest, moral, and kind. Mm. But it's far from clear that one kind tracks with the other. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, again, those are quotes from that doctor in psychology today. Mm. So what you... Jasmine and Ryan asked me to, uh, about is my business experience with personality tests. As we've talked a little, I, I've taken a few of them as both a candidate and as a student, as an HR leader, I never used personality as, assessments and I can't explain why they remain in such high regard, given that as we previously discussed, they're unreliable. Even yeah. when the, when the test taker is honest in their self-assessment Also, the research confirms that there's zero correlation between a candidate's alignment with the employer's ideal and that candidate's eventual success in the job. There are some practices that are much more likely to identify fitness for a job. Behavioral testing puts candidates on the spot in hypothetical situations evaluators get to see the personality in action remember how good we are at quickly detecting these characteristics so we learn their personality just by watching them go through behavioral testing as they go through behavioral testing we get insight as to we get insight in seeing them analyze the issues at hand creatively devise solutions to deal with them and and watch their forecast of where possible problems may uh, emerge in the future. And such testing requires good design to account for different learning style among candidates and things like that, but I used these behavioral tests, and I found them pretty good, hmm. much better than than I, you know, I didn't use personality tests, but that was intentional, and I, I liked what the behavioral testing gave me. So,
0: Bruce, what what can you give us an example of what a, Behavioral test would look like.
1: Oh, um, an element that we used to use at VTM was uh, just you know a simple editing of a paragraph. Put a, put a couple of bad pieces of grammar and spelling in it. A couple other pieces that were subject to you know maybe okay, maybe not. And just listen to the person's evaluation as they went through it, and that was very much like the kind of work that somebody does at VTM, and um, and gave us a pretty good sense and impression of what people would do with it. Um, you know the um, yeah I you know VTM work was incredibly. Um, involved in an incredible level of detail and due diligence mm-hmm. and uh, you know so somebody who could be very patient and willing to look at something a second a third a fourth a fifth time before making a conclusion on something you know was a valuable uh, was a trait that was really valuable whereas other people would be you know, uh, man, I can do a zillion things. You know, oh, you want me to do this? Sure. And they would just fly through it, finish it, and, okay, what do you got next? And, you know, and that was that was, that was was not a trait that was going to work well at, at VTM. So that would be another example of it. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. Hmm. But uh, a couple other things on this behavioral testing, you know, I, like when I was young, I had a supervisor that warned me once, you know, that anybody – can effectively mask their true selves, but not for more than about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really took that to heart, watched it carefully over time, and found that to be a generally accurate estimate. So, uh, you know, what what is curious to me is, um, you know, you, you want to know the real person before hiring them? Give them an internship or hire them through an agency where you have 90 days to watch and evaluate them before you reach a higher, non-higher decision. You know, both of those, you know, that is internships and hiring through agencies, they both raise ethical issues with me, but they're both legal, unlike the lie detector tests whose outlawing led to Myers-Briggs being so widely accepted and used. In in closing, I would say this, this entire exercise of considering this personality and testing and everything else just epitomized to me the notion of how imprecise the science in social sciences can be. You know, personality, character, manners, emotion, behavior, feelings, they all play a role in determining who in the heck we are, but... What it really means to actually know oneself remains as difficult a question as when Socrates urges to do so 2,500 years ago. Mm. But, you know, nevertheless, it's a, it's a most necessary question and worthy of all the exploration we can give it with Myers-Briggs or anything else. So I'm, okay. I, I'm a big supporter in taking personality assessments, but I say this from the perspective of a, of a curious human citizen and not a professional at yeah. all. Yeah. And um, a final thought about uh, a personality tool that we've not discussed. And uh, it provided me a, a most valuable lesson. You know, Do you recall a scenario like this? You brought home your report card. You had all A's except a C- minus in something. So how did your parents react to that? You know, but mom, dad, you know what about all those A's I got? You know, and you damn well remember what homework you did at the dining room table that night and the night after and the night after, right? Mm. Well, I took a, a an assessment called Strength Finders that was developed by Gallup Research based on a huge body of uh, of Uh, of research people in it. And out of of about 50 characteristics, they revealed to me my top five strengths. But the big lesson I learned in this was that, you know, I can work long and hard on my weaknesses, but improvement in those areas is going to be really slow and painful and very limited. I'll get far more bang for the buck, far more benefit if I work on maximizing the areas where I have strengths. Mm. And so my first response to that is like, well, yeah, but, you know, won't my weaknesses do me in if I don't, you know, improve on those? And, you know, to an extent, you kind of have to, I mean, if you're really bad in math, you at least have to learn how to make change for a dollar, you know, or you're going to run into trouble. In business, you partner with other people, right? So choose partners with strengths where you're weak. Yeah. That's how to overcome your weakness. Don't waste your time trying to trying to improve them yourself. So, yeah, you know, I, I thought that was a, a real valuable lesson uh, to a personality profile that was of no particular great thing to me. But anyway, hey, on that upbeat note, I'd like to thank you, Ryan and Jasmine, for the opportunity to discuss my R&R. The researching was fun, and the opportunity to rant was nothing short of thrilling. (laughs) Thank thank you. What a blast.
0: Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Thanks for coming on to the podcast and telling us your opinion, because we, we really felt it was valuable.
2: That's all the time that we have for today in this subject. Actually, we've probably gone a bit over
0: a lot over.
2: Join us next time on the podcast. Podcast. When we talk about, um, the issue of fluoridation in our drinking water, um, a subject of great social achievement for some and the topic of horror and fright for others.
0: The topic was suggested by my friend, Nick. And I
2: think that she's
0: a bit unsure of probably you know, coming
2: at it from a Concerned parent, but yeah, also consumer. not to, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll have special guests Megan Clemens and uh, Terry Saltz.
0: Terry Saltz is a flood water engineer. He's a water
2: engineer. Uh, Megan Clemens is a public school teacher. Yeah. They both live in Portland, Oregon, and, and um, will hopefully bring some unique perspective uh, on the issue um, from that end of the world. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, who chimed in on the personality tests for Jasmine, Bruce, and myself.
0: Yes, thank you.
2: And uh, tune in next time for another exciting edition of the R&R podcast. See you, Jazz.
0: Thank you.